Ladies and gentlemen, this is Elio Canella, alongside the man always piercing barriers, my co-host Ben Pierce, and it is another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how is it going, sir? Well, personally, very, very good. Mm-hmm. But, but professionally, in terms of the preparation for this show tonight, I can't, I can't contain myself, my friend, because, you know... As I was t- as I was telling you off the air, in all of the time we've been doing this podcast, you know, over a year, I have never prepped as much as I have for this show. Between Hell between the the first night of the draft on on SmackDown, which I both of those are just mind boggling, and I cannot wait to discuss them with you. I mean, I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm a track star waiting for the gun to go off. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can we get this going, please? Let's get I this going, Tessa. I understand you've been spending the week in hell, so let's uh, get the show underway and let's get you out, pull you out of uh, that inferno. Well, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, of course. Before we do that, do we have any news? Um. Well. The- Apparently, uh, Taz will be doing the guest commentary for AEW Dark in uh, Philadelphia uh, this coming week. So there's another ECW reference, I, I guess. I, I don't. I mean, not that I, not that I dislike Taz, but to be honest with you, I think I think the real news of the week is is the draft mm-hmm. because you know, they really had uh, an opportunity to do something really cool um, with the with the Fox move and and just have this have this really cool unique moment and they just blew it out of just I don't I don't understand what's going on here so to, to me that was the new outside of the you know debauchery from hell in a cell you know i don't think we have to look for for you know professional news this week because the, some sometimes elio and, I, and i've worked in in the news business before um as you know sometimes you spend all this time doing research Sometimes you have to really put things together yeah. and use your skills to, to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. None of that had to take place this evening because the material just it writes itself um, sometimes, and tonight is one of those nights. Yes. Okay, so let's uh, pull you out of hell. Yes, th- thank you very, very much. So. so, let's get into the results for what was truly hell uh, in a cell uh, this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly, the first hour of the show I found to be incredibly entertaining. Okay. 
Don't lie, you, you don't lie. You, uh, Hell and Soul put you to sleep last Sunday. Come on, don't lie to the fans. You didn't fall asleep. Hell and Soul put you to sleep. Yes, well, guilty as charged. Um, but so to, to begin the evening, we had uh, Sasha Banks uh, versus Becky Lynch. Um, Actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if I'm there was one match on the kickoff. Oh, well. Uh, that was uh, Natalia defeating Lacey Evans. Well, nobody gives a shit. And I don't, <laughs> I don't really watch the show. Alright, th- this is true. My bad. Continue. The, the his legs jumped <laughs> <laughs> So you purposely Sorry. missed it. Okay, I understand. Go ahead. This was a this was a very good opening match. I really enjoyed this uh, one. Yes, they had uh, numerous moments, uh, both of them, um, where I was like, "Damn!" Uh, uh, the first one, of course, being um, when uh, when Sasha ba- Sasha Banks immediately rolled out of the ring before the um, before the cage even dropped. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, bashed um, Becky into into the cage, and then yeah. of course, and then of course the ref um, was like begging them to get back in. It, it, it was it was really weird because they didn't. Um, I would have expected them to use the, you know the chain that they used to close the door. I would have expected that to come into play much sooner than it did. <laughs> Because the door um, to the to the cell was unlocked. Oh. Um, even even after it dropped, and and they didn't they didn't make a show of of securing the cage the way that they typically do. Usually, you know, usually there are several rests around, and and they make a big deal out of that before the match starts. That didn't happen. So that was um, that was a little bit refreshing. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, the, the whole top of the cage thing that they typically do at some point during a hell on a cell match, I think is overplayed. So I, I didn't think they needed to do that here. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they didn't, but, um, so the next, um, big moment that literally made me go, holy shit, was, um, Sasha's Meteora into into Becky against the cage. Um, that was probably one of the best executed um, meteors I've seen from Sasha. Um, just very, very... Obviously, this is going to come off as a pun, given that it's a hell in a cell. Um, 
but I I I found I I found that they used the cage very very well, which is something that has been lacking from Hell in a Cell matches in in recent years. Another move that I that I noticed immediately was um was when uh, a chair was set up against the like in the cage using kendo sticks to support it and then and then Becky got Sasha seated into into the steel chair leaning against the cage and hit a, a you know a top rope drop kick that was I have never seen that. I've never seen anything remotely close to that. I, I mean, I was like, damn. This um, one this one I thought was a lot better than the Sasha Banks Charlotte Flair cell match. Yes, and, and cons- considering um, considering of course that this was the second match, uh, second women's hell in a cell match, I I would have expected them to pull out all the stops last year. But I I felt like this match was was much better than the first one as you, as you said. Oh wow, that that was a lot. That was last year. It seems so long ago. <laughs> it seems yes. it seems like it was uh, much longer than last year. Wow, I can't believe wait, it's already been a year. Wait. You have to understand, Elio. By and large, this has been a very long, uh, trying year to be a WWE fan. Yeah, that's why it seems like it's been forever. Well, absolutely. And then, um, to, uh, to end the match, there was a, uh, suplex into a pile of chairs, which was then, uh, which was then, uh, turned into a disarmor, and Sasha tapped out. Um... Overall, I, I truly believe that outside of some of the, some of the more iconic moments, you know, of course they mentioned they mentioned uh, Mick Foley and the Undertaker and all that, but in terms of in terms of this being a women's match of any sort, let alone a hell in a cell, this one stands out as being very very good. Yep. Um, I agree. Next up, we had a. Uh, Tornado tag team match. Oh, I, loved, I loved the use of that stipulation. Right. Usually stipulations in, in, in wrestling, they, they, they've turned a little bit cliche, mm-hmm. um, especially for for fans like us who have been, who have been around the product for so long. Um, but the, in terms of a Tornado tag team match, I have to say that this one was... Uh, tremendous, which I wouldn't have expected from a match including uh, Eric Eric, Ro- Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns, um, but maybe that was just me. Uh, but th- this was very very good, and what and what I liked about it was um, one team really dominated the entire thing up up until up until Harper looked. Uh, tremendous. Yeah, you know, they were they were destroying Reigns and Daniel Bryan, and then at the end, I mean, 
Absolutely. Yep. You know, using using the tables and uh, you know, Luke Harper hit a hit a suicide dive on um, on on Roman Reigns to to the outside, and it it looked like um like like Luke almost knocked himself out because he hit his head really really hard on on the front of the table. I don't understand why Vince doesn't like this guy. I like Luke Harper. I don't. I don't see what Vince doesn't like. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. Who knows what goes through the head of McMahon these days? <laughs> but um, just a tremendous match. And I I thought at the end that they were gonna mess it up a little bit with a, a hokey ending between uh, Daniel Bryan and and Roman. Mm-hmm. Um. When uh, when they went for the hug, I, I didn't I didn't like I didn't like that part. Oh, you didn't like them hugging it out. No, no. <laughs> but but I I guess I guess this was Daniel Bryan's way of, of turning face. But right. to me, it just came off a little weird. Uh, next up, we had Randy Orton defeating Ali. And outside of um, Ali, so outside of um, Ali hitting um, hitting a handstand to get out of uh, to get out of a uh, RKO, which was probably the most innovative reversal to an RKO that I've ever seen. It certainly shocked the hell out of Corey Graves. If you um. If, if, if you um, pay attention right after that move, that move takes place, um, Corey Graves, who you can see in the background, um, just looks absolutely flabbergasted. And I thought that that was awesome. Um, you know, the show of respect uh, from Randy after this match um, was, uh, was quite cool. Um, it was it was under it was understated, but I but I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then, at, but I would say after that match, um, we really um, the the show took a drastic downturn. Uh oh. Yep. Um, this is the point. Um. Yeah. The next with the next match, right? Right. The the Kabuki Warriors. This was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the result, but it was just kind of. No, no, I, no, I don't have a problem with the result. But I'm saying this was a surprise that came out of nowhere. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Uh, so hold on. So are the Kupuki Warriors heels now? Because uh, they could, oh, I don't understand what I couldn't understand a word Oscar was saying, but uh, they sounded like uh, they were could they cut a heel promo the next night, which well, we'll get actually, to. What um, actually what um, Oscar said because it was translated uh, via um, you know on the trusty interweb. Oh okay. Um, what she actually said was, "We're going to beat the shit out of you." Oh. Okay then. <laughs> That's not the Japanese uh, translates. 
Still. Tell us what, how uh, you really feel. So that was cool. Well, tell yeah. us how you tell us how you really feel, Oscar. <laughs> so next up, we had the Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman of all people. Why would Braun Strowman tag with the Viking Raiders? That was an odd pairing. I can't see him tagging uh, with the Viking Raiders. Sorry, I'm sorry. Penalty right there. You called them the Viking Raiders. We don't use that term on this show. Yeah, well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, the war machine, yes. That's right. War machine. None of this Raider bullshit. <laughs> yes, well, and, and that was that was your first cuss word on the podcast, but I assure you it won't be your last. Ooh, damn. Not by a long shot. There's a second one. <laughs> But anywho, next next up is where the stupidity really took over. Oh no! Because Chad Gable, they made they made a nameplate for him, and they announced him as Shorty Gable. My God, are you serious? He introduces that on the pay-per-view. Yeah, they had the... Because I think I... Because I might have missed that one. I might have had to step away from my uh, tablet uh, for that one. Yeah, and and on top of that, they had the... um, You know, the the nameplate on the screen said Shorty Gable. Oh, my God. Now, now aside from the fact that that I admit Chad, Chad Gable looks like a... Uh, jacked up twelve year old on steroids, um, which which might which might very well be his undoing as a character. I cannot deny that he is he's very talented as, yep. as a wrestler. And if you if you look outside of his booking in WWE, which I think they're trying to improve. Um, now, granted, they might have shot themselves in the foot by giving him the, the nickname Shorty. Um, which I think is incredibly disgusting, to tell you the truth. Um, Chad Gable, if you look at his background, he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers, period. I mean, he's an Olympic wrestler, for God's sake. I don't think they they would have called Kurt Angle Shorty. Um, Shorty Angle? Yeah. (laughs) So, to me, that's incredibly disgusting. Yep, that's stupid. Um, and uh, they even uh, they're calling him that on Raw as well, I believe, which we will get to later on. <laughs> well, precisely, and, and stupidity is interesting that you would use that term, Elio, because I think I think that's the theme of tonight's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think W I don't think WWE did themselves any favors this week whatsoever, um, because. You know, going going back to Hell in a Cell for a minute, that that was like the worst 
ever seen. Um, but we'll, 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 we'll get, we'll get, we'll get that, um, as we continue to, yep. to, to go up this card. So next up we had, um, Charlotte Flair defeating Bailey to become, uh, the new champion. In and of itself, that was not stupid. Um, but given what happened, uh, on, uh, on SmackDown, I think that was, um, incredibly stupid. Um, and, and we'll get into that. Yes, we will. No, uh, hold on. It's the fiend defeating that defeated Seth Rollins. Well, he, well, yes, I, 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 I do, but I, I'm saying that because you know, it was it was a DQ and Rollins is still the Universal Champion. I get it. I misspoke, but I'm I'm so pissed off. I I can barely contain myself. Can you explain to our listeners the rules of Hell in a Cell? Okay, well, well first of all, let, let me let me go let, let me go back and I'll I'll get I'll get into that. The, the rules of a Hell in a Cell is there are no rules, but from the very beginning, WWE shot themselves in the foot because before this match, a couple days before, there was a. There was a poll on WWE.com, which is becoming my most loathed website I've ever seen in my entire life. It's becoming the worst website on the internet, quite frankly. Um, just about outside of TMZ, maybe. Um, but, you know, so the site ran this, um, ran this fan poll that said, you know, how do you think... Um, Hell in a Cell is going to end. And there were three options to, uh, to go with. Pinfall, submission, or DQ. And when I saw that, my head was spinning like a cork. It was just unbelievable to me because, because as any person that has ever seen a single Hell in a Cell or, or a clip of Hell in a Cell ever, they should know that there are no DQs <laughs> right. in Hell in a Cell. It doesn't exist. <laughs> right. So, for, for that to be the case, somebody should have been fired. I mean, good, good God. They, they, must have, they must have children running this website. Oh my God. That it was just, it's so disgusting. Holy jeez, that was terrible. Now, believe it or not, Mr. Cannell and my esteemed Canadian cohort, um, that was not the worst thing about this match at all. Oh, okay. Because the, the fact that Bray Wyatt did not walk out of hell in a cell after the way that they have booked... This guy, you know, it, it was it was tailor made for him to walk out of 
Okay. Please indulge me, Elio, because... Alright, sir. I just, I need a moment. I need a platform. First of all, the entire arena is swathed in red light for this entire... That was so distracting. Okay, that was so distracting. Well, yes, I, I didn't like it, but if, no. but if you're going to do that, it's a special effect for one character, obviously, it being Bray Wyatt. Okay? Num- number two, and, and maybe, you, maybe you, you could look this up as I'm talking, but I lost count of how many times... Seth Rollins hit the stump in this match. How many times in the sweet love of God can you hit one move without without it becoming extremely redundant and stupid? And the fans throughout this entire thing are just like, what the hell are you doing? Now, now ne- the next point I, I have to bring up is, you know, Seth Rollins, rightfully so in this case, is throwing everything that he can at Bray Wyatt, who is, who is effectively not being, uh, not being impacted or damaged by any of this, you know, vis-a-vis his character. You know, that was the theme of the entire match. Um, but, the stupidest thing that I think I have ever seen in wrestling is the fact that this match ended in a DQ. Because because you have to remember, you know, Bray Wyatt was bringing out a, a freaking, you know, mallet that looked like a cheap knock knockoff of a, of a war axe or, you know, Thor's hammer... It looks stupid, but you know. Okay, Ben, I have yeah. I had my research team on the on the job, and uh, they couldn't uh, give an exact number. But I'm gonna count f- at least five stomps, if not yes. more. Many, many, many stomps. That is the point. So either, either you know, Bray Wyatt is the strongest being ever. Which is how they should have sold it, mm-hmm. or or Bray Wyatt's finishing maneuver should no longer be in existence because it is the worst finishing move ever, just based on results. Okay. Now, that that, that being said, and after after my after my heart originally settled, <laughs> so the, the the entire theme of the evening is is you know, Seth Rollins is trying to figure out how to damage Bray Wyatt. So he goes on and eventually stacks chairs on his face and hits him with a ladder into the chair, into the face. And I I should note that at the exact moment I was watching that happen, my brother walks in the room 
to you know make fun of me for watching wrestling. But then he, he yeah. sees that. God. He sees that and goes, "Good God!" Because he literally saw Bray Wyatt getting hit in the face <laughs> with a ladder, with you know that had a tear on his face uh, simultaneously. So, so. There, there was that, and then, of course, you know, that didn't, that didn't do the trick, so... I love, uh, non, I love non-wrestling fans' reactions. Well, yes, <laughs> I found it very funny, which is why I put it in the conversation uh, this evening. So, to, so, the big ending debacle started with... There were chairs sacked on Bray Wyatt, there were ladders, and then, and then, you know, Seth grabs a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and this is where the stupidity really started. Oh, no. In a no-DQ no match, and I, I, it bears repeating because this is a Hell in a Cell, and how many horrific things have we seen in a Hell in a Cell with no DQ taking place? <laughs> The, the ref starts telling Seth not to do that because he is a better man than that and he is pretty much begging Seth. I saw that part. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, the way WWE has, has built Bray Wyatt, it's like he's, a, he's an undead uh, creature who, who cannot be, who cannot, you know, be d- damaged psychologically, but yet, um, but yet this is taking place. So you know, Rollins appears to be wrestling with his conscience, and eventually, no pun intended. Decides, yeah, no, no, no pun intended, of course. Um, and, but then, of course, he decides that he's gonna hit, um, hit Bray with, with a sledgehammer while he has the chair. You, is it just me or was there a point during the match where during that ending where you where it looked like Seth was about to turn heel? Well, that, well, that's what I thought. You know, especially especially after um, after you know he survived the man, mandible claw uh, that was that was applied after the uh, after the uh, DQ was announced. But to me, that was. That was an afterthought, which, which anything associated with Fiend should not have been an afterthought in this match. This was, like I said before, this was tailor-made. This was what the fans wanted. All you had to do was was give the Fiend the championship the way you had built them up, and they would have they would have went home happy regardless of what you did in this match. Mm-hmm. They would have forgiven the fact that, that Seth Rollins is like weak as fuck, um, despite his, his best efforts. Now, did you read the original ending, or did you hear about the original ending? Yeah. Which, 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 why, don't you, why don't you explain that to the fans, because 
So, <clears throat> what we are talking about is the ending to uh, the Hell in a Cell match took place last Sunday. However, that was not the original ending. What originally was supposed to happen is they were going to recreate the Undertaker Mankind spot from 1998 where Bray Wyatt was to have been thrown off the top of the cell and gone crashing through the announce table. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and, and, you know, we've, we've seen that before, but... You can't we can recreate history. <laughs> well, uh, and of course you can. You know, when we've seen that with... Um, well, no, I know that, and you know that. I don't think uh, WWE knows that. <laughs> we, we've seen versions of that before, but, but, I mean, the thing is, that's all you had to do to send the fans unhappy was... Was give um, you know Bray Wyatt the title, and, and as I said, I've never heard of a, of a crowd reacting like that. Yep. And reportedly, Vince McMahon was laughing about that. Now, <laughs> Vince you know, laughing at the fans. Wow. Now, as you know about me, I I typically dig the news sites with a significant grain of salt. However, yep. if that's true. I'm going to give this a thumbs in the middle because there was a lot of thumbs in the middle leaning towards down because there was a lot of crap on this show. Yeah. 
context. So, I, you know, this was, to me, this was the worst Hell in a Cell match I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, by a long shot. Um, which not only does a disservice to the talent involved, but it does a disservice to the entire card because, as we both mentioned, um, you know, the start of this show was fantastic. And nobody's going to remember that now. So there we have it. It's our review of uh, Hell in a Cell. Probably the worst uh, pay-per-view in a while. And um, we will be back with our review of Monday Night Raw. So stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we are going to get into our review of Monday Night Raw. Ben, before we do that, what, what did you think of this past Monday's Raw? The final one before the draft, before they, before they totally wipe everything out and start from scratch. Well, you, well, you would think they would start from scratch. <laughs> this is true. I. Oh no, wait, hold on, I think I saw, the, yes, they like, like, the Bollywood boys, like, oh my god, it was like the Backstreet Boys on crack cocaine. <laughs> wait, wait, they brought the Bollywood boy gimmick back? Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> I, I never really followed them in NXT, because I wasn't really following NXT as closely as I do now, but... I knew about them. I had never seen them. I had never actually seen them in NXT. It was, it was terrible. Oh my goodness. Okay, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. They lost... Okay. Okay, now, before we... Be, before we start, um, I gotta say that we just got done talking about Bray Wyatt. Now, I don't mind this Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, the whole thing, everything... I'm just getting tired of seeing him on Raw do the same thing. Where the lights go off and you hear that whatever that sound is. And like he's like atta- that's all he does is attack people on Raw. Well, we'll, we'll get more. Um, I, th- I think there's more development coming to its character. There better be after what happened in um, Hell in a Cell. Well, there better be because I'm getting sick of seeing him do the same crap every Monday night. He's like, all he does is lights go off and he attacks people. Is all he does. And well, you know, I, I, I agree, but having said that, I think that in the Firefly Funhouse is drastically more entertaining than 80% of what I see. This is true. Alright, so Monday at Raw took place from the Rabble Bank Arena in Bakersfield, California. And we start out with a last woman standing match with Natalia defeating Lacey Evans. 
So I guess they finally put this uh, feud uh, to rest. Oh, yep, yep, go ahead. Because sometimes I might, I might miss uh, some parts like the segments. So, yeah, go ahead. That was the opening segment? Okay, no, because I saw the video. Okay, go on. Go on. Because I, I didn't see this. So you, you, just, you just answered my uh, question. I was going to ask you what you thought of, what your, your thoughts are on this uh, developing story angle or story, whatever. Barricade. I'm like, he said it wouldn't fly into that barricade. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> to say after that for the opening segment. There's not much to say. Okay, well then we move, then we move on to the in-ring action, which, um, the, the last one. 
So we had Natalia defeating Lacey Evans in the last woman's standing match to put an end to this feud because we have the draft coming up this week. Or part one of the quote draft. Yes. In the second match, we had War Machine defeating the team of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Now, Ben, I was listening to a podcast and uh, an older uh, episode, and I had totally forgotten that these two were actually feuding with each other at one point when uh, Robert Bobby Roode first came up to the main roster. <laughs> Oh, and so it's kind of uh, weird, like, uh, that they, they were feuding at one point, and now they're actually tag team champions. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little weird how uh, WWE chooses to put their teams together. And then this is the one you were telling me about, uh, off-air Alistair Black. Okay, now, for, before we before I continue, what do you think about this Alistair Black guy? Uh, Character where uh, he's sitting in a dark room waiting for someone to pick a fight with him. It's just it's taken too long and there's like been literally no development. And it's the same thing that he was doing on SmackDown where it was Cesaro who finally knocked on his door and now they're doing it on Raw. Are you sure it's not because of his tattoos? <laughs> well, you know, as you, as you know, um, I, am a, I am a tattoo fan, and actually I, I, I did get a new tattoo uh, two days ago. Okay. Um, but uh, that, that notwithstanding, and the fact that my chest is on fire, um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I very much enjoyed his work on... Yep. Uh, in terms of being different and really bringing something to, to, to the character, um, but there just need there needs to be um, something that is added uh, to him or some kind of resolution to this storyline. But however, um, they did try to do that because after weeks in obscurity. And I do mean obscurity because we barely saw him. Um, he issued a cha- a challenge, which was answered by the returning Singh brothers, who have been apparently uh, featured sporadically on Two Hundred Five Live. And yeah, 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 you, you were telling me about uh, these guys off air that they debuted a new gimmick. Right. And I'm gonna have to go back because I have this on DVR. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. <laughs> oh my god! Please, pl- please go back and watch it and, and, and message me immediately. <laughs> because okay, so they come out and they're, and they're very confident. The Singh brothers, but these are not the same Singh brothers that we saw with uh, Jinder Mahal. No, 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 no. Okay, they came out as the Bullet. 
is spelled with a Z. Oh, oh my just, god. It was just, and trust me, these people are not as cool as the Hardy Boys, so they can't get away with that. This is, this, this is like, this is like boy band of the 90s of my nightmares. And that was for Black Wasted living up in it in six seconds. Well, <laughs> and I was a bigger fan of him strictly because he kicked the shit out of the same brother. And next, the old. Oh, so go on. So I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I just I have to voice my agreement. The the, the website that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm using to go through these results mm-hmm. um, also gives um, gives grades to the different segments and different. Oh, oh no. Oh no. So, Oh no, do I want to know? They gave it a D, which, I, which the fact that they even got a passing grade is an abortion of justice. It's just terrible. Oh my goodness. I mean, but but, but think, about, think about it this way, right? So, um, Alistair Black, in, in my book, in my book, is a potential gold mine top star for WWE. Sure. And it, it had been rumored that um, Paul Heyman is, is looking to uh, get him on Monday Night Raw. So all these rumors and, all, and how he had been booked in NXT is supposed to make him potential top tier uh, draft. However, um, they haven't done shit for him uh, since he came up to the main roster other than leave him in purgatory with this behind-the-closed-door gimmick. <laughs> yep. Our next match, the OC are back on the winning side as they defeated Grand Middle League, Callisto, and Lince Dorado, the Lucha House Party. Which I'm surprised these guys are still around. I'm not a fan of these guys. Tag Team Champions, the Kubuki Warriors, defeating the team of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Well, uh, bit, bit, uh, uh, God. well uh, 
gotta win after after capturing the tag team titles, which which makes sense. But, but, it, but it's it's kind it's kind of good to see them getting a bit of a push here. And, and, and I even said it on a past episode where um, we haven't seen Asuka at all outside of uh, teaming with Kyrie Sane. Right, and, and, and previous, previous to Hell in a Cell, and, and I also mentioned this last week, I did a little bit of, um, I did a little bit of uh, research considering Asuka, and I found a statistic somewhere that said um, she had only been featured in uh, 15 televised matches throughout the entire year of 2019. That is, so, that's, wow, that's bad. 15 matches. Wow. 15. It's, it, it's just awful. And then in the um, main event, I can't believe this guy's in the main event. Rick Shea defeating Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is in the main event. <laughs> Yo, and uh, prior prior to that, he was known as Uha Nation in ROH. Yes, and 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 the dude was just, you know, he's freakishly athletic. He he looks he looks like a million bucks, mm-hmm. and and they just shit on him, like you know. But but the, the, the let me just let me just say, okay, because I am I don't really have a problem with the. The, with the result, but this was this was dubbed a WWE showcase match, and as we'll get into uh, on on SmackDown, I should mention that none that neither one of these guys, and I'm, I was actually very surprised that Ricochet was not drafted in the first round. Um, I mean a. I believe he was drafted, but uh, but certainly not the first round. Although although I might have to look that up, but I knew for a fact he wasn't drafted in the first round. But um, the I don't think that this was really uh, the main event. Um, unfortunately, the main event was a was a confrontation. Between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that that, that was a segment. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go on. Well, well I, and I, I say that because, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that, that that's the only reason why, you know, uh, Apollo Crews was, was put in, in the last match. Right. I, I would assume. Not, not that he deserved it, but, but um, I'll tell you what, this match just, uh, this, um, Segment just came off awkward as hell. Um, at um, at uh, the next installment of the pay per view that shall not be named. Um, so they went out and grabbed um, Tyson Fury. Now, this, now this is this is instant Fury and Braun Strowman, quite frankly. 
and I think it has a lot to do with 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 uh, SmackDown moving to Fox because you know as we both know they're trying to give uh, SmackDown more sports centered uh, focus and make it seem competition in the long term. Uh, you know, uh, Tyson Fury is, is 6'9". I don't know how much he weighs, but he's a big motherfucker. I can assure you of that. Um, <laughs> 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 that's, my, that's my scientific approach. Before we do that, it's NXT and AEW. Exactly. Yep. 
So we will be back with our review of NXT, so stay tuned for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our review of NXT, so I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Ben Pierce. Ben, take it away. So, uh, this episode of NXT kicked off with a Cruiserweight Championship match. I was surprised by this because um, it was announced that the Cruiserweight uh, Championship or I should say the Cruiserweight Championship was announced as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Wow. Um, so apparently uh, that's been added. So that was an interesting move. So they've done away with uh, 205? Well, it's, it's funny. Be, I, I guess it was added to NXT, but it might still be on 205 because it was announced that 205 has moved to Friday nights. While NXT, while NXT UK is on Thursday. I love NXT UK. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta start watching that uh, much more consistently. You know what? Um, I Before you go on with your NXT, I suggest you go and watch the October the 3rd edition. Last week's episode of NXT UK, I thought that was a very good episode. Alright, so... Um, but yeah. any, anyway, aside from our digression, um, Leo Rush surprisingly defeated uh, Drew Gulak via pinfall uh, to win the title. Uh, and it's, it, the, the whole entire match started out really hot because Rush hit a Spanish fly Im- immediately. Mm-hmm. A gul- gulak, uh, lock in the gulak. <laughs> yes, that, that's, a t- that's a tongue twister. I was rather impressed by my performance to pronounce both of those properly. Um, but um, this was a uh, this was a very uh, quick um, pace match because the action was just uh, nonstop. Um, Rush attempted to reverse a dragon sleeper after getting out of the Gulak. Um, but um, Gulak uh, countered again to hit um, a cyclone clash for a two count. Um, and uh, the, uh, the pin attempt was broken up by uh, Rush getting to the ropes. God, God, this this synopsis of this match is filled with tongue twisters. Um, Uh-oh. Let's see. Shortly thereafter, uh, Rush um, picked up the pace to eventually get the win after hitting a splash, a springboard. 
springboard stunner and a final hour for the one, two, three. Um, so it, it appears that uh, they are really going to push uh, Leo Rush after his uh, hiatus to deal with personal issues. As a face, no more Lashley. <laughs> That was that was terrible. That was just Dist- and, dist- and distracting. Yes, and and I'll say I'll say you know, uh, another uh, portion of uh, this show is also uh, distracting, but I'll, I'll get to that. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, next up, we had uh, Rhea Ripley defeating Aaliyah. Obviously, that was going to happen because. I'm just so disappointed in Aliyah. I mean, I, I she's been there forever. It seems she only was she was only called up to SmackDown one time, and she lost to Carmella. It is so it is so weird seeing Rhea Ripley as a face in NXT when she's like a heel in NXT UK. Construction workers. Yes. Did they get Did they get fired from their last job? So are, are they going to give these guys a push or something? This is our second time that we were supposed and, to see them. And I'm, I'm asking myself that question about the Forgotten Sons because right now they're just so lost in the shuffle. It is just, oh my god. They've been forgotten, no pun intended. UK and on 205 not even, and 
WWE has employed mm-hmm. is from a wrestler perspective. It's it's not a matter that you can't find time for these people on TV, and hopefully, hopefully that starts to change with uh, with uh, NXT getting a two hour time slot on USA. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, uh, next up after after that. Uh, Cameron Grimes defeated Boa. I've never even seen Boa before. So uh, Bo- Boa's uh, used to uh, Boa wrestled used to wrestle more on the live NXT events. Like I've heard the name and like I've seen his picture. He used to wrestle on live shows. Alright, well apparently they're trying to get him some exposure but I, I never heard uh, of And Cameron Grimes is truly disgusting. I don't know what WWE sees in this guy. Uh, he's just he's disgusting looking. He is. I just, I... He, he might be, um... He might, I mean, he might have been good in uh, TNA. But no, I mean, he, he wasn't good in TNA. He, was, he, he sucked there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he, he sucked in Impact as well as Trevor Lee. Well, at least Killian Dane got the, got, the, got the attacking on him. Speaking of another guy that looks uh, disgusting, but at the very least, they finally put a shirt on Killian Dane. Maybe they should do the same <laughs> for Cameron Grimes. Seriously. Uh, but good lord. So, um... So then, um, then after that, the show started to pick up again <laughs> as big names were shown for Keith Lee, uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Damian Priest, and Pete Dunne. So they're really, um, they're really trying to expose uh, some newer talent. So even though I wasn't a fan of like four back-to-back uh, big names, at least I understood their purpose. Um, it's not for next week. Well, yeah, but, okay. but also to uh, exactly it was set up for okay the following week. But um, it's, it's very rare that I see four back to back promos. So to me, that was a little odd. Oh, the these were actual like promo vignettes, like uh, videos. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, that is uh, odd. Yeah, okay. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they did that because NXT is new to the USA. I'm just kind of, I was just kind of surprised by the sheer number back-to-back. Um, so then we had um, Roger Strong defeat uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Isaiah Scott was ACH in... In ROH, um, I have to look that up, but I don't uh, believe, so. so I think, uh, Swerve Scott, he was, uh, Shane Strickland in MLW. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Okay, I got those two confused. My, my, my bad. Uh, please don't turn off the show that I just look incredibly <laughs> stupid. Um, my, uh, my mistake. Um... But he looked extremely strong in, in this match against uh, against uh, Roger Strong. Um, <laughs> Again, uh, more puns that are not intended. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's what's going on. It's the 
humor in the show to deal with the avalanche of crap. That was, that was, but but that, that does not include this uh, this episode of NXT, which I actually thought was very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we had a, a very awkward promo between Velveteen Dream, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and Undisputed Air. And let me explain because even though the interactions were interesting, especially with uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, looking to regain uh, Goldie from Adam Cole, mm-hmm. um, Velveteen Dream was showing some very uh, non-PG pictures of Roger Trump. <laughs> and it was insinuating that uh, Roger Strong had a very small package. Oh dear, a lot of Photoshop work being done. Um, pardon another wrestling pun, but it was a, uh, it was a blurred out private area, um, complete with a tiny red X. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. It was was insinuated that Mr. Strong had a very weak, small package. (laughs) And we'll leave it at that. Wash out the wound with bleach. We moved on to uh, to the next uh, portion of the show, which was Bianca Belair uh, defeating uh, Dakota Kai. Oh, my 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 heart was torn because I like yeah. both. Of the, I like both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had 
have to I have to point out two particular um, segments. One was one was a match, and one was a promo. Okay. That I thought uh, really sold the show. Sure. Uh, the match being um, the first match of the evening. Which oh, that was, was a great um, match. Which was a uh, private party um, versus uh, Cody Rhodes and. No, no, it was Private Party versus the Young Bucks. Oh, private, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, pri- private, what, what did I say? What did I say? And, uh, um, private Party versus the Young Bucks, which was absolutely fantastic. I'm a very big fan of, of uh, Mark Quinn. Uh, that, uh, that one, um, that he had. Wait a minute! No, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, the The website I'm on ha- has has it all wrong. They have that one uh, listed as the first match, but you were right. It's Cody versus Semi Guevara. Uh, yeah. That's yes, yes, you are right. Uh, n- name for their group, Inner Circle. Well, he, once again, um, he did a talking about Jericho. Jericho did a um, fantastic job of explaining that. 
actually called uh, called uh, Sammy Guevara a, uh, a a sexy Spanish something or the other. Sexy Spanish god. Now, okay, oh, musical reference here. Remember Cop? Remember that show Cops? Yeah. And the theme song, Bad Boys? Absolutely. You remember the name of the group that sang that song? Yeah, uh, it was, um, wasn't it In Living Color? Nope. What was it? Inner Circle. Chris Jericho looks so out of shape, though. Yeah, physically, he doesn't look good. But what happened now, when, when he, before he left WWE, he didn't look like this before. He looked a little better there. Uh, yeah. And now, jeez. <laughs> Tales, right? explain to you, Jimmy Havoc absolutely sucks. Uh, well, I want to hear, hear this monologue. He is absolutely t- 
terrible. Okay. Jimmy Havoc, I know him from MLW, okay? And this guy, some of the matches he's involved in are just... He does a lot of death matches. He just had a bunkhouse brawl against this one guy named Mance Warner, okay? Where at the end of the match, he left the guy a bloody mess because he used, like, barbed wire to cut up his face. And now, he, in a couple of... Next week, he's going to be producing the MLW weekly show and it's going to be Jimmy Havoc's Slaughterhouse which God only knows what he's going to do there because this guy's just the worst. Thumbtacks and all that crap. That's what he does. The guy has thumbtacks in that match I just told you about the bunkhouse brawl he stapled the guy's tongue. Like... Okay. Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc's not exactly up my alley, so, um, you know, Darby Allen was definitely the right pick, in my opinion. And he does have a lot of upside, but I'm just not sure he's ready to be uh, the number one contender, because to me, it's very obvious that Fresh Jericho is going to retain in that situation. And when it's, when, when it's extremely obvious, especially for a new company such as AEW, I'm not sure that that's the best move to make. Um, but I definitely agree, agree with Darby Allen getting the win uh, in that match. So there's my man, Tony Shimmy Havoc. Okay, continue. Um, I'm sorry, I take that out there. Yeah. Oh, uh, defeated Bia uh, Priestley and Emmy Segura. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen uh, Emmy Segura, but the way, um, but the way that they put her over, um, actually, no, I think she was, I think she was in the Battle Royal at uh, All In, Double or Nothing. Right, but I, um, I remember I, I, I didn't see the. Uh, all right, or I think. Uh, all right. Yeah, I think though they they've put they've always put those uh, battle royals on the pre-show. That's right. So, I mean, I get it with Britt Baker because, like, you know, she was the first one. Um, she was the first woman selected for the women's division um, mm-hmm. by you know AEW. So I understand why they're protecting her. So I can't really. With the fact that uh, she got the submission victory, I believe she's five and one now in AEW competition. Uh, of course, she lost to uh, she lost in a tag team match to uh, Bea Priestley at I believe it was um, was it fight for the fallen where she lost because I, I know like that's I think that's where she got the concussion. I think was it all out? The last one, all out. Hmm. I'd be mistaken. I believe it was um, it was uh, fighting for the fallen where she got. I'll, I'll, I'll get my research team on that. While you're while you go on with your report. Yes, please. And then um, next up we had. Best friends cut a promo from ringside uh, uh, discussing uh, their upcoming 
MCU. I like the best friends, but I just, I can't take them seriously yet against SCU. Uh, and it was also another weird move. Instead of uh, discussing the match, they really focus on Orange Cassidy. Uh, but you know, I guess any guy that can do a that can do a suicide dive with his hands in his pockets is gonna get a pop. Orange, Orange Cassidy, uh, Orange Cassidy, the wrestler who doesn't like to wrestle. Yeah, but I, uh, so <laughs> he's I'm ridiculous. Not, I'm not sold on him, but um, I'm saying he's ridiculous. Like, who does that? They just stand there with their hands in their pocket. Okay, Ben, before you go on, my research team has results. You are correct. That was a fight for the following. <laughs> oh, damn. Shots fired. So, um, 
that's how the show went off the air. Um, Wasn't there a mean event? Dustin Rose and Hangman Page uh, defeated uh, Jericho and um. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Once again, this this uh this site has. Ladies been, and gentlemen, it's the internet. Yes, I'm am sorry. Um, so all all of what I just mentioned uh, took place after um after this this. This match that I'm going to discuss. The main event was um, was Sean Spears uh, versus uh, John Moxley. And um, I I don't know about you, Elio, but I I really enjoy seeing Tully Blanchard as Sean Spears' manager. I just don't get the connection between them though. Well, because um, because Cody Cody Rhodes, um, Cody Rhodes was attacked by by Sean Spears at um, uh, I, I believe it was um, Fight the Fest. Yeah, all out, and and he got the gash in the, in the back of his head, and then um. I get that, but this match is Sean Spears and Trent Moxley. Right, right, but um, right, but it's it's the whole um, it's the whole um, four horsemen connection because of of um, Cody Rhodes, um, formerly being best friends with Sean Spears. Um. Oh, okay. And then they brought uh. Yeah, Arn Anderson's another one that looks like uh, what happened to him. Uh, he, uh, Damn! <laughs> Once they left WWE, it's like they just like themselves go. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't feel that way with Tully Blanchard. I mean, for no, no, I'm talking about Arn Anderson, guys like Anderson and Jericho uh, that yeah. were in WWE, but they let they left after leaving. team just sent me a text. They said that um, uh, Sean Spears attacked Cody at um, Fife, uh, Fighter Fest because that's where uh, Cody uh, defeated uh, Cody and Darby Allen uh, went to a draw. Oh right. Okay. Okay. I uh, my 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 apologies. 
did so did you they just ask me to pass that on to you? Yes, yeah, so like your your research team was right on this occasion, but I will note that they are a bunch of of, of smarty pants, and eventually I will I will make them all look like shit. This week's show was a lot better than last week's. I enjoyed this week's show a lot more. Last week, last week, there were a lot of, like, ups and downs. Alright, that's our EW review. We'll be back with SmackDown and This Week in History. So stay tuned for that. to close this. I'm not going to lose anything though because it's going to ask me if I want to um, uh, retrieve them. Because uh, something was messing up with Audacity. I'm not sure what's going on here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are going to get into this review of WWE SmackDown, which uh, moved to Friday nights as of last week. And this week, we have night one of the 2019 quote draft. And my so I'm going to throw it over to my co host, Ben Pierce. Ben, take it away, sir. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was totally... No, it wasn't. This draft was complete bullshit. Alright. 
Rachel. Point of snatch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a good question. Unfortunately, the only thing I can say is because it was complete utter bullshit. This was so stupid. That that I've I've always known that to be the Undertaker's spot. That was just stupid. Surprise! Number the number one pick was. <laughs> oh my god! It was a shocker. Even though, even, even though I love Becky Lynch, it's 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 start the presentation of her character is starting to get a little bit old. Yep. the 
And he's even okay with this, he said afterwards. Yep. I don't think you would have called Kurt Shorty Angle. <laughs> no. no. He's not much, even though he's bigger, he's not much taller than Chad, I can assure you. So just so you're, just so you're aware, Elio, I am hereafter refusing to call Chad Gable Shorty. It's just... So am I. It's like, it's like the rule we have with the Viking Raiders. We don't call them Viking Raiders on this show. Halloween night, wow. How that happens. But okay. I mean, at least, at least the actual match has a cool backstory given their, given their history in yeah. uh, USC. And, and, and the promo, um, the in ring promo that they cut, um, uh, well, at least from, from Paul Heyman's side, uh, made a lot of sense. Here's something that I found very, very why is it that after this brilliant move to bring in Eugene Velasquez as a credible threat to get revenge for Rey Mysterio and Dominic? I mean, this was a, this was a stroke of genius to bring Eugene Velasquez in for this one event, let, let alone sign him to a, a big contract. This is a big deal, and it's amazing because. <laughs> I, I heard, heard that. Yep. I heard him speak English. It just 
Oh, you like her new heel turn? I have to, I have to ask. Did you see um that video of that kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! First of all, who who records something like that? First of all, why are you go on? Past drafts have supplemental ones online afterwards. I see your notebook, uh, I see you holding your notebook, I just can't read uh, what you took. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. Not, Yep. I saw that. What, what, what was that? Was that an actual part of the draft? Sure, Shinga fired. <laughs>
Bullshit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was trying to be with a more eloquent word for it, um, because, uh, bullshit has just been, uh, recurring theme. Terrific. 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 I like that. Oh, yeah. Um, So weird. I'm sorry, the match against who? Well, yeah, that, that, that is weird. Because she already got drafted, so she can't win. So stupid. Oh my goodness.
I don't even know what to say. This uh, this whole draft is just stupid. Like the 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 representatives or whatever from Fox, like WWE has a lot of money and they couldn't hire better actors. And Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins moving to Raw. And I just, well, Seth Rollins was already on Raw. Well, yeah, yeah, actually, that's what that's the confusing part because, like, when they say like, "Oh, Seth Rollins is drafted to Raw," I'm sitting there like he was already on Raw. Oh boy, so I guess we'll just have to see what happens on Monday night. I don't know what else to say. Yep. And and you know what? Um. Well, I'm not even counting the next event because that's just stupid. But um. The next one is uh, Survivor Series, right? Yeah. They better announce matches and more than four because that was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I've never seen that. Did they forget that they? Did they forget they had a pay per view going on? Like, okay, um, I was waiting to play the points, pay-per-view points game. We couldn't even do that this time. Like, this is, this is, this is the first time we had to cancel that. Yep, I've never seen anything like this before. So, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's late. <laughs> That's our SmackDown review.
I hope we'll be back to wrap up the show. Stay tuned. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to jump back into the DeLorean to go back to, through time uh, for this day in history, back to October 12, 2018 for Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor 15, which took place from the UMBC Event Center in Baltimore, Maryland. And the main event on this card was... Jay Lethal retaining the ROH World Heavyweight Championship by defeating Silas Young. The Bullet Club, consisting of the Young Bucks and Cody, defeating SoCal Uncensored to hold on to the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Bully Ray defeated Jonathan Gresham in a no-disqualification match. In a tag team match, Iwasumi Sakai and Britt Baker defeating Jenny Rose and Stella Gray. The Hurricane made his return to wrestling Marty Skrull to a no contest. The Briscoes defeated the Bouncers. Jeff Cobb defeated Eli Isham. The Kingdom consisting of Vinnie Marcelli and TK Orion defeating Flip Gordon and Cheeseburger. And we had Hangman Page defeating Shane Taylor to open the show. So that's been This Week in Wrestling History. And we will be back to close the show after this. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it has been quite a week. Ben, what do you say we bring tonight's show to a close? Yes, because this was a very long, arduous discussion. And, and, and my, my, head, my head was starting to hurt from all the stupidity <laughs> that well, that occurred. Absolutely. It was, it was mind-numbing. Alright, so ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next Friday, next Saturday, sorry, we'll be back next Saturday with a brand new episode of the PNC Percussion Wrestling Podcast. For my co-host Ben Pierce, I'm Elio Canella saying we will talk to y'all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the listeners.